The text for the sermon is taken from the liturgy of the penitential office. Turn thou us, O good Lord, and so shall we be turned. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Today marks the start of Lent, as we mark our foreheads with ash. And these ashes teach us about the twofold nature of Lent. On the one hand, Ash Wednesday is a time of somber reflection upon our frailty. There is first the reminder of our general frailty, that of our own being. When I put the ashes on your forehead, I use the words from Genesis, Remember, O man, that dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. This statement recalls our dependence upon God for our very existence, your own life, your body, your soul, your mind. They were created, and because of that, they are not your own. You exist because the will of another, and that of God. It's in him we think and move and live and have our being. Ash Wednesday and the whole season of Lent is a time of somber reflection upon another aspect of our frailty, and that of our wounded nature. All of our human faculties have been wounded at the fall. And so the beautiful intent of God that he had for us is not realized. It's not fully lived out. This is what Paul means when he says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are part of that glory, but we deny him through our sin. Psalm 51, written by King David, puts this perfectly. He wrote, Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults and my sins are ever before me. So the ashes that are on your forehead should remind us all of our frailty, both ontologically at our very being, but also morally as we fail to use our intellect, our will, and our senses for the glory of God. These ashes call us to repentance, and in this sense, they are a wholesome medicine for our souls. They lead us to call upon God's most holy name in humility, so that all who are sprinkled therewith for the remission of their sins may receive both healing of body and protection of soul. And that was from the prayer of the blessing of the ashes. That prayer shows us that the ashes are not just a hopeless symbol. It's not just a symbol of death. Because they are, in and of themselves, actually a symbol of an offering. They're a symbol of sacrifice. And it's good to understand what we mean by sacrifice. Because it does not mean annihilation. It does not mean destruction. When the ancients sacrificed an animal upon the altar, they were offering up a life. They were not offering up death. That's a misconception. And so a burnt offering was actually considered a living sacrifice. It was a life sacrifice. And this is in part what the ashes on your forehead represent to you. Because the end result of a burnt sacrifice 
is ash. And today we mark our foreheads with this ash because that is your end as well. God still expects a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is you. This is what Paul writes. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Our service to God, our work within this life, is to present our own bodies to be a living sacrifice. In no way does this mean the destruction of our body, but the presentation to God of its very life. God wants you to return back to him what he has given to you. But it's wrong to think that God wants to just annihilate you or destroy you when you offer yourself back. No, God desires to take your offering, which is your body, it's your will, it's your intellect, your senses. He wants to take your offering and to bless it and return it back to you whole. This is exactly what the call from the prophet Joel in our epistle today reminds us. He wrote, Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. As David wrote in Psalm 51 again, God, thou shalt purge me with, with hyssop, and then I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and then I shall be whiter than snow. And later on, make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God is blessing this and giving it back to him as a new and clean spirit. And then the Ash Wednesday Collect, which is what we're going to be praying every day throughout Lent. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those that are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts. Our new life, this life of sacrifice, is given to us in the shape of a cross. This is the symbol of cruelty. It's the symbol of torture and death. But for us, it's the symbol of glory. For by it, by the cross, we are reconciled to God and we are brought into new life. Again, the Apostle Paul, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Jesus, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. As we live for God as living sacrifices, we crucify the old man, and we can live in newness of life. This is the reminder of the ashen cross, and this is your call this Lent. Call upon the mercy of God, so that you may be freed from the chain of your sins, 
and use this time of fasting and praying to repent in order that you may live in love with God and neighbor. Turn thou us, O good Lord, and so shall we be turned. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.